Chapter 6 of the Book of This and That. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Corey Morrill. The Book of This and That by Robert Lind. Chapter 6 The Decline and Fall of Hell. It is significant of the change that has come over the religious imagination that a number of representative clergymen have issued a manifesto of disbelief in hell and no heresy hunt has begun disbelief in hell it must in fairness be added not as a symbol of something sufficiently real but as a definite place on the map of the universe a gulf of wild flame and red-hot torments without end there was a time when to doubt any jot or tittle in the scenery and rhetoric of hell would have been thought a kind of atheism and a world without hell would have seemed to many religious minds almost as lonely as a world without god life was conceived chiefly in terms of hell it was a kind of tightrope walk across a bottomless pit of shooting fires and the intolerable wailing of the damned heaven was sought less almost for its proper delights than as an escape from the malignance of the demons in this vast torture chamber hell indeed was the most desperately real of countries for centuries man studied its geography with greater zeal of research than we devote to-day to the geography of africa they described its rule and estimated its population one author with how much belief i know not detailing the names of seventy-two of its princes with seven million four hundred and five thousand nine hundred and twenty-six devils serving them in the apocalypse of st peter which is as old at least as the second century the occupations of the damned are set forth with a horrid carefulness hell is depicted as a continent of lakes of fire and burning mud over which adulterers hang by the hair and blasphemers of the way of righteousness by the tongue false witnesses chew tongues of fire in their mouths misers roll on red-hot stones sharper than spikes men who have committed unnatural crimes are endlessly hurled from the top of dreadful crags and this is but one of the first of a long line of visions of the hereafter which appeared like the season's fruits all through the early christian centuries in the middle ages and achieved their perfect statement in dante every new writer sought out the most exquisite torment a sensational imagination could invent and added them to the picture of the daily life of hell and purgatory the monk of evansham saw in his dreams of purgatory men being fried in a pan and others pierced with fiery nails even to their bones and to the loosening of their joints others were gnawed by worms or dragged with hooks or hung on gallows or soaked in baths of pitch and brimstone with a horrible stench and if they tried to escape the devils that met with them beat them sorely with scourges and forks and other kinds of torments but we need not go back beyond our own days for instances of these torturing imaginations many who are now living have had the night fears of their childhood made monstrous with stories of devils with red-hot pincers to tear one's flesh and with red-hot nails to lacerate one's back i have a friend who loves to tell of the regular sunday summons of an ancient clergyman to his congregation to flee from the doom of the condemned sinner whom he invariably pictured as seated upon a projecting crag over a lurid hissing moaning raging sea of an undone eternity calling out the harvest is past and i am not saved why the human imagination did not revolt against such a painful orgy of sensationalism long before it did it is difficult to understand lecky tells us that the only prominent theologian to dispute the material fire of hell throughout the middle ages was the irishman johannes scotus erigena all the others accepted it in either terror or with delight for who can question that men can obtain as fiercely sensual a pleasure from inflicting the pains of hell on their enemies as from flogging children and slaves one of the best-known instances of this shall i say hellish sensualism is the appeal of tertullian to his fellow-christians 
not to attend public spectacles on the ground that they would one day behold the far more glorious spectacle of the heathen rolling in the flames of the pit what he wrote shall be the magnitude of that scene how shall i wonder how shall i laugh how shall i rejoice how shall i triumph when i behold so many and such illustrious kings who are said to be mounted into heaven groaning with jupiter their god in the lowest darkness of hell then shall the soldiers who persecuted the name of christ burn in more cruel fire than any they had kindled for the saints compared with such spectacles with such subjects of triumph as these what can praetor or consul quaestor or pontiff afford and even now faith can bring them near imagination can depict them as present thus hell became the poor man's consolation the oppressed and baited man's revenge sleep itself hardly brought greater balm than the thought of this large engulfing doom for opprobrious neighbors it would be unfair on the other hand to suggest that the ordinary christian ever believed in hell save in honesty of misery of heart o oh lord an old lay evangelist used to pray in the homes he visited shake these thy children over hell-fire but shake them in mercy there you have the voice of one who regarded hell not with glee as the end of his enemies but with desperate earnestness as a necessary moral agency who believed that men must be terrorized into virtue or never know virtue at all and it is interesting to note a clerical correspondent has been writing to the daily news expressing the same gloomy view this writer declares as the fruit of long experience that he has never known a case of man's being converted except through fear it is common enough too or used to be to hear church-going young men profess that if they did not believe in hell they would amaze the earth with their lusts and exploits viewed in this light the devil becomes the world's super-policeman and those who seek to abolish him will naturally be looked on as dangerous anarchists who would destroy the foundations of law as for that it would be foolish to deny the great part played by fear in the lives both of sinners and saints but whether morality is ultimately served by our being afraid of the wrong things is a question that calls for consideration certainly hell has produced its crop of devils as well as of saints upon earth it was men who believed in hell who invented the thumbscrew and the rack and many of the most fiendish instruments of torture the world has known whether it is the case that man made hell because he believed in torture or took to torture because he believed in hell there is no denying that the worst period of torture our european civilization has known coincided with the time when men believed that god himself doomed to savage and eternal torments men women and even infants in the cradle on the most paltry excuses and as men's conscience has more and more decisively forbidden him to use torture as a punishment it has also forbidden him to believe that a beneficent deity could do such a thing it may be thought that a beneficent deity would permit cancer and the putumayo and the factory system at its worst might easily enough sanction the fires of the medieval hell but even cancer and the putumayo are not a denial of what stevenson called the ultimate decency of things they are temporary not eternal thoughtful christians can no longer accept the old hell because it would mean not the final triumph of righteousness but the final defeat of god many of those who dutifully cling to the dogma of their church on the point would agree with the french cure who said that he believed in hell but he did not think there was anybody in it except voltaire and even voltaire will nowadays seem to most people to be hardly a sufficiently scandalous person to deserve infinite millions of years of anguish the truth is hell shocks our moral sense tennyson put the modern disbelief in it with the theoretical forcibleness when he said that if after death he woke up even though it should be in heaven and found there was a hell he would turn round and shake his fist in the face of god almighty 
since tennyson's time hell's foundations have subsided the ancient flames have died down and man has now for the background of his days no fierce and devouring universe but a cricket scoreboard and a page of thinklet competitions in a penny paper perhaps the antithesis is an unfair one but some cosmic sense has certainly been lost to the general imagination no doubt it will return as moral ideas take the place of materialistic terrors for out of the wreck of the fiery hell a moral hell is already rising a moral purgatory one ought to say a place of discipline made in the image of this disciplining earth for the terrors of death and evil and pain all survive and if we abolish utterly the devil with the pitchfork and put in his place the button moulder is that a figure a pennyworth less dreadful no the escape from hell is not so much a holiday as we thought there is still an interval of adventure between us and paradise and all the perils and fears to be overcome as of old we have chased an allegory from our doors but its ghostly reality returns and stands outside the window and salvation and damnation remain the two chief facts under the sun and the saints and the parsons and everybody indeed except gloating old tertullian were right after all End of chapter 6